Welcome to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to the premier podcast for business owners ready to elevate their influence and impact in the industry. Have you ever wondered how digital marketing can revolutionize your business? Well, with two decades of experience empowering business leaders, consultants, and coaches, I understand the transformative power of digital marketing. Today, we're not just discussing strategies, we're crafting your digital legacy. In each episode, we'll dissect the trends, strategies, and insights that are shaping the future of marketing. You'll walk away with actionable knowledge to thrust your business forward and stories of local enterprises making a global impact. Are you ready to turn insights into action? Let's jump into today's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing and start shaping your legacy. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. We're heading all the way to tomorrow for today's guest. I'm sitting down with somebody that's located in Australia, but she's from Canada, and she is just changing the way people show up with intention for their business. And we had the opportunity to connect via Facebook, which I, I love, and because I, that that's that's how Facebook, I feel, is created. It was to help people connect and grow community. And that's what she and I have done, even though we're on different ends of the world and just so in alignment with so many different ways that we think about approaching business and approaching social media. Today's guest is Angela. She is an international award-winning business consultant and coach, speaker, podcaster, and she helps women around the world make more money by creating a personalized business strategy and mastering their mindset is so important as an entrepreneur. And that was one of the things that I struggled with so much. The first, well, I still sometimes find that mindset bug coming on up and saying, is it all worth it, Katie? Are you really doing the right things? And being an entrepreneur, I feel like there's so many times that little voice in the back of your head can be really mean. So I'm, I'm, Excited to have today's guest because we're going to talk about intentionality and mindset for growing your business today. Angela, thank you so much for waking up early on the other side of the world to join me on Rocky Mountain Marketing today. Oh my goodness. Super excited to be here. Love being in your energy. So yes, it's going to be a fun episode, my friend. And we actually have talked previously about intentionality and, but in an, in another episode, in a podcast, your podcast. And I, I loved our conversation so much because we were saying the same thing. We had the same rants. I think that with so much of what we're seeing in the business world is that we're being made to think that it's we're doing something wrong, but you don't see the full picture. You're not seeing all of the failed launches. You're not seeing all of the failed lead magnets that nobody signed up for, or the podcast that got started and then canceled after four episodes. You're not seeing the failures. You're only seeing people's highlight reels. And this is where you have to have that strategy in place so that you can stay the course in this crazy world of entrepreneurship. How is a strategy helped you with creating, you've had your business now since 2016. Mm -hmm. How has that helped you, not just with your business, but with helping your clients create a lasting business for themselves as entrepreneurs? So there's a couple of things there. I think, can we just first rewind to about the failures of the launches, <laughs> the failures of social media, the failures of one business and going to our fifth business. I actually just did a podcast episode just this week around normalizing failure. And I do think in a world that are, we're conditioned 
to look for success. We're not conditioned to look for failures. And so I actually think it's really important to have the conversation around normalizing failures. And I'll give you a, a quick little story and then I'll talk to you about the strategy side of things. So my daughter, who's 10, Chloe Glenella came home and she's, mom, I think I failed Italian. And I said, high fives. And she just looked at me. She's like, why are you high-fiving me? Like, I failed, mom. And I said, did you try your best? And she said, yes. I said, did you have fun with your friends and your teacher? And she said, yes. I said, most importantly, were you kind to your teachers and your peers? And she said, absolutely, mom. Why wouldn't I be? And I said, then how is this a failure? And she was like, but I don't get the grade, mom. And I said, but you're much, so much more than just the grade, Chloe. You're enough just the way you are. And so it was really interesting to even see how conditioned my 10-year-old is, let alone like I'm 44, let alone how conditioned we are and other women in business and men in business. So I just want to first talk about normalizing failure uh, and also understanding so many people compare their chapter one to someone's chapter 30. And being mindful that also in a world where we want immediate gratification, people think that as soon as they press go on their website going live or they sign up for Instagram and get their social media handle, that this equals clients. This is not the case. And so normalize failure and understand that business is a long-term game, which I guess takes me into the strategy side of things. Yes, I've been in business since 2016 with my first business. I now into the second business, which is helping women around the world. And strategy is key. But even more than just anyone can have a strategy, but it's so important that your strategy is in alignment. And when I look at strategy, I look at it in four components. Most people think of business strategy just being a strategy where there's goals, you're accountable, there's a plan, and you might have some clarity. But as an ex-mental health clinician of 15 years where I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia, bipolar, autism, anxiety, etc., you can't just have autism at school. It impacts all areas of life. And so when I work with women around their strategy, I also incorporate their health, which includes spiritual, physical, and mental health. I also look at their relationships, their relationship to self, family, and community. And I also look at their wealth, personal wealth, business wealth, and generational wealth. Because if you try to do all those things in isolation, you're going to be unaligned. And when you're unaligned, your business will feel hard. It will feel stuck. It will feel like it's so much effort, et cetera. So strategy is key. But again, you can't do strategy in isolation with a funnel or that. You've got to be looking at the whole picture. Exactly. And I think that it's, I love how you said you're, you can't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 30. And, and that's one thing that I think it's so hard because of social media, we're not seeing all of the, the full picture. We're not, yeah. we talked about this when I joined you on your show is mm -hmm. somebody says, oh, I had a $2 million launch with all organic. It's your story. You tell the story. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I just saw someone in our space who had, it was like a two or three million. It was a couple of years ago launch and she posted that I've done it all organically. And I was thinking in my head, damn, that's pretty impressive. Do you know what I mean? To, to have done that all organically, you would have had a pretty strong email list and you would have had to have pretty strong socials because typically most people will only convert at one to 2% in the online space. And so I said to her, I said, did you do this all organically? Because I was intrigued, right, as to how she had done this. And she said, oh no, I was also affiliates. And I said, well, hold on then. That's not actually organic marketing because if you have a million dollar launch, most times you're getting 20 to 50% kickback is what you're giving to the people who are affiliate for you. In this instance, 
her million dollar, two million, three dollar launch, half of it was going back to affiliates. So <laughs> then therefore people go, it must be a me problem. I've done something wrong. I haven't done enough. Then there's a shame and this failure and this imposter syndrome and this perfectionism that we have. And it's just no wonder why more women and men aren't succeeding in business. Because one, people aren't telling the truth and you're only mm -hmm. seeing a small snippet of what's actually going on. And therefore, what's this almost false security that we are growing up with because of what society is only showing us the small amount? And we're being made to believe that we're doing something wrong, mm -hmm. that, that you're not posting enough. You did something wrong with yours. Look what I did. And it's, I can't tell you how many lead magnets I've created where no one signed up for them. It was, or how many podcast episodes that I was like, this is great. And then it, I didn't promote it the right way, whatever. There's a lot of times where you have to know one, what the goal is and what the strategy is behind it. And you have to understand that it's baby. I, I don't know. It's baby steps. I, but have you read the book? 10 X is better than two X. It is one of my favorite books. Okay. I haven't read it yet. It, it just arrived on my nightstand. Because yeah, I so. think I was, t I was telling you about it. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, yes, everyone, I know, and I and you're like everyone keeps telling me about this book and you're like, I'm ordering it now. You're like, you've pushed yes. me to order it. Yes. Huh? <laughs> so it's on my nightstand. It's there. It's ready for me. I just uh -huh. got it yesterday because I've always been along the lines of well, one, the mindset of being an entrepreneur. I, it was really hard for me when I first started and it was understanding that I did need to ask for help. When I joined you on your show, you asked what was one of my biggest regrets and it was that I didn't hire sooner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hiring was, I didn't think I needed it, but I did. And mm -hmm. once I did, it helped my mindset. It helped my workflow. It helped me scale. Mm -hmm. But I think that we have to take the baby steps in our business. We can't just Oh, say, okay, here I am. I have, I bought the website URL. I'm going to go ahead and do a $2 million launch because I read a book or because I did this, but I guess, what do you say to your clients as far as with their entrepreneur journey of enjoying the ride, but still staying the course of trajectory so you don't get discouraged? I think it's about creating a life first business second. And I think the sooner that you can understand that business is just business and yes, it's business is just a tool to make you more money. But what you really want is you typically want time freedom, financial security and creating those luscious memories with your family. That's what people ultimately want. So when I say, when are you creating the business? How are you infusing life first? What holidays do you already have planned in your calendar? What days off do you already have? Where are you working on your business versus in your business? How are you looking after your health? All those things I talked about, because if your health is wobbly, how are you going to then run a successful business to then gain your time back to then go and do those things with your family? You're not. And so what I say is look at, always look at creating a life first business second. And for example, last year I had 150 days off in my business. This year I'll be close to 180. It didn't start there. I yeah. started by making sure that when I used to work weekends, I then got my weekends back. And then I would start to only, do you know what I mean? Work Monday through Thursday and I would have Fridays off. Do you know I mean things like that? But you've got to start somewhere. I had to be intentional. For the last six years when I do my business planning, the very first thing I do is I go and I block off all of the public holidays, all of our birthdays, all of our holidays, like everything. That is my priority. 
but I've had to be intentional about making that my priority. No one's coming to save me. And that's what I think people think is that someone's going to come and save them and do this for them. No, you have to take radical responsibility and do this yourself. So when we go back to what do I tell people, this is what I tell people. If you want to create the life first, business second, then take responsibility for it. Because whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So if you're choosing not to go block off family vacations, that's on you. That's not on anyone else. So again, be very mindful about what are you doing intentionally to set yourself up to get the time back. Not only did you do that with your business of Fridays off and setting up all the holidays and, and everything like that, that's that you went in with intention so that you built a workflow around mm-hmm. a lifestyle that you wanted, but you've also built a, a huge community. I'm in your Facebook community. There's, I think, 21,000 people in it. Okay, so ours um, is about 8,000 people in that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's huge. Mm-hmm. And you show up on social media, you show up in your business mm-hmm. intentionally, mm-hmm. and you've built mm-hmm. a community of people that want to learn more from you and hear more from you. How did you, for social media, how did you go in to build that community of people that want to have a similar life for their business? For me, I had to look at, I try to be on every platform and that wasn't working. So then I went back and started from scratch. And what I did is I chose just Facebook. So at that stage, that's when pages still got quite a bit of reach and the Facebook group. And that's pretty much all I did. I learned, but I also liked being on the platform. So being on that platform felt fun. It felt easy. And so by understanding that, that's what I did first. So it was Facebook. And I just executed that really well. I understand what the rules were around Facebook. What were they looking for? And then I layered on Instagram. Then I really doubled down on email marketing. Then I brought on the podcast. So every year I looked at what was in alignment, what felt fun, easy, but also where were my clients consuming content that would I be able to make the biggest difference for these particular people. And that was it. And so you won't I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Twitter. I looked at threads, but I'm not actively there, for example. Mm -hmm. But I do double down on my podcast. And I think this is important that over time, and this is what they talk about in the book, 10x is easier than 2x. You will have to start eliminating 80% of what you do and what you have in your business in order to be able to 10x. And if not, then you're going to remain in a 2x mindset. So for me, as I was like, we actually tried Pinterest last year. It didn't work. We got rid of it. But then what we did was, is we doubled down on the podcast, the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. So instead of producing one podcast a week, we now produce two podcasts. And we can already see the return on our investment by doing that. We have more downloads, more people going to our website, more people booking calls with us. And it's been more opportunities for speaking. I mean, we've looked at all these things and it's 100% a trajectory. But we've done less, not more, because we assessed the data, we assessed the platforms that we liked, we understood where people were. But I went back to, am I in alignment by being on this platform? And if the answer was no, I got rid of it. And also, I think, Katie, it's important to understand that simplicity scales. If you're wanting to make more money and get more time back, it's simplicity that's going to win, not doing more. Yes, this is why you and I get along so well. You don't need to be on every single platform known to mankind. And mm-hmm. and I think it it seems misleading to say that because I I say that at all these different conferences I speak at and people look at me like, "What? 
but I, it's so easy. All I have to do is just hit a toggle or there's a, I use a social media scheduler or, or, and I get it. It's very easy to share one type of content across all the platforms and just copy and paste it. And there you go. Mm-hmm. However, with what you said of, I enjoy Facebook. I enjoy being on it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference maker. You're spending time on this platform, connecting with people, building mm-hmm. out your community. There, anyone can create a post. Anybody can. Mm-hmm. But if you know what, okay, this is what I want to happen from this post. Or you know what? Mm-hmm. I am burnt out and I don't feel like posting. But I still mm-hmm. want to hang out on Facebook. I can still go in with intention and build mm-hmm. out my community. and I also think that there's the notion of you've got B2B marketing, B2C marketing, but there's also this one that I often talk about when I too speak, it's around human to human marketing. And the definition Mm -hmm. of human to human marketing is the experience and interaction one faces with a particular brand. So when you show up, are you just posting cat memes or are you just posting to do a tick box or are you showing up to create an interaction and experience? Because when you learn how to connect with audience and create that experience and that interaction, that's when you become remarkable. That's when you become memorable. And Seth Godin talks about it in his book, The Purple Cow. He's driving down these beautiful French country roads. And him and his family are driving and they're like, oh my goodness, look at the cow, look at the cow. But he says, over time, it just becomes another brown cow, another white cow, another black cow. But he said, if I turn the corner, he's in there was a purple cow there. He goes, that would become memorable. That would become remarkable for at least a little while. So I encourage Mm -hmm. you to think about how are you being the purple cow in your business on your social media platforms? How are you becoming memorable? How are you becoming remarkable? And that's through really quality content, in my opinion, versus quality, just more and more. And that's about storytelling and again, creating that interaction and that experience. People want to feel seen and heard more than ever before. In a world where we think we are more connected, we're actually more disconnected than we have ever been. So social media is an opportunity, like endless opportunity to actually make people feel something because people, when they feel something, they will remember you versus someone who they're just scrolling past. You've mentioned email. And social media, I love social media, but it's only one piece of the digital marketing puzzle. And I think that a lot of people forget about the importance of email because I don't know, it's been around for so long. You don't own your Facebook audience. I learned this with Clubhouse and thank goodness I had an email list, but I had over 110,000 followers on Clubhouse, which is awesome, but Clubhouse isn't even around anymore. Exactly. What happened to all 110,000 people? Some of them follow me on LinkedIn. Some of them are connected with me on Instagram and some of them opted in for my email list, but the majority of them are gone. So I think this is where you have to have that plan B because Instagram could go away tomorrow. LinkedIn could go away. There's no, it's the number one thing that I talk about. Be on all these platforms, but you are building on other people's real estate, 100%. And at any time, your house and land are gone. And so to me, email lists should be one of the number one things that anyone is looking at doing. Your email list, as far as I'm concerned, is gold. If someone gives you their email address, that's a privilege. They're inviting you over to their house for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. So it's one thing, do you know what I mean, to 
have an email list, but it's another thing to nurture them and treat those people with the respect and kindness that they deserve because it's a privilege to get people's emails. A story that I often, or not a story, like an example that I often use is people, what not to do is you go to a bar and it uh, doesn't matter what team you bat for. I choose to go for the boys, do you know I mean? But I see a guy in a nice, do you know what I mean, tight sitting at the bar, right? I don't just go over to Johnny. I don't even know Johnny. I don't go over there to smack him on that and say, hey, me, you for a quickie. Now, hashtag, if that's worked for you in the past, high fives. But for most of us, it doesn't work. But I might go and say, hey, I'm Ange. How are you? What Can I buy you a drink? Can I get your phone number? Can I chat with you? Do you want to go out for dinner? And then I might get, all right, we are forgetting to nurture, do you know what I mean, our amazing community. And we're just going straight for, like I said, hashtag that will work for some people. But when it comes to creating this experience and interaction and allowing people to feel seen and heard, when you look at email marketing, what are you doing to do you mean enrich that relationship? What are you doing to make that connection? Because when you have that, you will convert, you will have clients. Yes. So what would you, what advice would you give to somebody that's trying to show up more intentionally in 2024, focus on building out that email list, focus on building out a community of thousands of ideal clients and, and customers. What advice would you give them as they go into this new year? The first thing I would say is go and look at your data. Go and look at your email data. How many new subscribers did you have? Where did they come from? So if you had two or three different lead magnets going, for example, where what lead magnet performed the best? That's one. Look at your Google Analytics data. Again, this is most people don't even have Google Analytics installed. If you don't, please go and do that ASAP. But going and looking at your data for at least the last six months, how many people hit your website? Where did they come from? Was there anyone referring? What social media platform produced the biggest results? I see this all the time. One of my clients inside of my mastermind said, I'm getting off of Pinterest. Pinterest sucks. What a waste of my time. Da, 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 da. And I said, hold on. Did you look at your data? And she said, no. So we went on to Google Analytics and the number one source of traffic was coming from Pinterest. She was about to, and she liked Pinterest. So it wasn't that she wasn't in alignment. She liked Pinterest. Her audience was there, but in her brain, she was like, it's not doing anything. But when we looked at her data, it was like 80% of her traffic was coming from Pinterest and she was going to double down on reels. And I was like, you could have just made, you could have cut off like a huge dooming source of your inquiries because of assumption. So one, yep. get Google Analytics, review your Google Analytics. And then three, if you have an email list, even if it's 100 people or 10,000 people, I would be surveying your audience right now. I'd be asking your audience, what, what content did they like this year that you produced? I'd look at if you've got any new offers that you're thinking about doing, would they prefer this or this? Now, you have to take surveys with a great assault because, again, until someone gives you your credit card, you know, sale is guaranteed. But I remember Pat Flynn, him and I were speaking at a podcast conference in Australia together. And one of the things that he talked about is he assumed the content he was creating, he thought was for people who were making like 10K months. But the majority of people on his email list and listening to what he was putting out hadn't even made $500 a month. So he had to change his entire strategy around what type of content he needed to create in order to make the demands of those who was consuming his content. So to me, review your data. To me, go and look at surveying your audience. 
And then from there go, what do you keep and what do you let go of? And this is where people don't want because they've worked hard on creating a course. They've worked hard on launching a podcast, whatever. But we need to put ego aside and go back to what is going to 10x your business and your life next year and what is going to 2x. If you only want to stay in the 2x zone, you will keep 80% of what you know and only change 20%. If you want to 10x your business, you will change radically change 80% of your current business model in your life in order to 10x and you'll only keep 20% of what. So for me, it was like letting go of team, optimizing my health. And there's a question that I have, and it's now ingrained in me, is this 10xing my life or business? And the answer is no, it's no, it no longer gets past go. So for example, I've been asked to, uh, for a couple of speaking engagements lately. And initially I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And then I'm like, hold on now, is this going to 10x my business or life? And I'm like, no, I'm going to have to pay for my own flights. I'm going to have to give up my time flying. I'm going to have to be away from my kids. Normally when I do a lot of flying, my health normally is compromised. I feel tired or I pick up fucking COVID or do you mean? And then that impacts me later on. So I'm like, no, this is not a 10x decision. So then I ask myself, well, why did I initially think that was a 10x decision? And that was because of my ego. Oh, I could have got at this photo with such and such on stage and I could have done this. So the other thing that I ask you as you go into this year, into 2024, is where do you need to check your ego? Because Mm -hmm. most people will not be able to 10x their business and their life if they allow ego to come and play. Because in order to shed 80% of what you know, including your programs, your team, and also family members or friends potentially, then what is going to have to happen is you're going to have to be okay with yourself identity changing. And most people are not okay with their identity changing who they are and letting go of that. I love that you brought up the, how much is this costing me? Because I think that there's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that have reached a certain point of their business where they like speaking is a huge part of my business and I'm cutting back this year because Exactly that. Is this the, the the ROI that I need for my business? Is it going to you know help for my business? Is it going to help me, me to be away from my family for that long? Is it going to ha- that time on the airplane and all that time at these conferences is great, but at the same time, what could I get that get done actually working on my business during this time? So I think you have to look at the big picture. And yeah, sometimes it can be hard. It'd be really great to get that picture on stage. Or it'd be really cool just to say that I met that person, but is that going to move the needle for your business? What, if someone's sitting down right now with trying to be more intentional, more intentionality in this year, we talked about making sure everything is in alignment. What are like four things that you would say, these need to be in alignment. And if these are in alignment, you will see yourself set up for success. Yeah. So I go back to my whole model that I have when I work with businesses, the four key pieces in order for you to be in alignment is strategy, having your business plan, clarity, and accountability, understanding your health, your mental health, your spiritual health, and your physical health. Uh, And and I'll talk more about these in a minute, your um, relationships, relationship to self, family, and community, and your wealth, personal, business, and generational. If you can understand those, you're setting yourself up significantly for 2024. But most people won't want to look at health. So at this moment that we were recording, in the last seven days, I have started my ADHD medication again after seven years. I've gotten braces. I've met with my gut health specialist. And I've just been told that I have to have emergency back surgery due to a herniated disc in the next two weeks. 
Now, I've spent a lot of money, do you know what I mean, going and working with these particular cohorts of people, but is it 10xing myself? Absolutely. So for me, again, most people, when they look at their strategy, are going to be looking at how to make more money, how to get my funnel up, how to optimize it. And that's part of your 2024 strategy. But I know a lot of entrepreneurs who gain an enormous amount of weight during their time as entrepreneurship. Then what happens is it impacts their relationship because they have marital problems. And I've seen this over and over. They then have problems with sleep apnea a lot of times. They then talk about that they're not able to keep up with their kids anymore. So it's what is it costing you? It's costing a ton. Do you know what I mean? Some of the most important things that you cannot put money on. So to me is when you look at creating your strategy, please look at those four key things. Is your health really, are you anxious? Do you feel depressed? Even though you might not have that label, but if you feel it, are you making that time to go and see your doctor? Is your back messed up? Are you going and making the time? When was the last time you went to Pilates or you went and did a pump class or you just went for a walk in the fresh air? That is your strategy. But also when I talk about the, it's the inner work, the mental health, mental work is not just about like anxiety or depression. What are you doing to work on your inner game? Because your outside world is a direct reflection of your inside world. So really make sure that if your outside world looks chaotic or wherever there's drama, I call, I say there's trauma, right? If your outside world, the bank account doesn't reflect, that's inside work that has to be done. And the seven major mindset blocks that I've seen in the thousands of business owners that I've worked with over the years is self-trust, the belief in yourself, your growth and your integrity, self-love, the sense of one's own value or worth as a person, worthiness, the quality of being good enough. I see money stories and blocks, which are the subconscious beliefs about money that limit you from achieving your success. I see obsessive thinking, that series of thoughts that typically keep reoccurring paired with negative judgments. I see imposter syndrome, which refers to believing that you're not as competent as others perceive you to be. And I also see divine timing. So where this becomes a mindset block is divine timing is the belief that everything in our life happens at exactly the right moment. But where it becomes a mindset block is when people can't allow that to happen. And they keep trying to maneuver and manipulate and do you know what I mean? create this chaos in order for them to get the desired result that they wanted versus just letting it happen organically. So to me, the strategy is your health. The strategy is your inner work. The strategy is, yes, also the funnel. The strategy is looking at yourself as a human being. Do you have Mm. self-compassion for yourself? Are you beating yourself up? Because all of that influences how successful you are. What is your relationship to family? Does your family bring you joy or do they stress you out and you just keep this toxicity going in your life? Or do you need to get rid of people? That's a 10x move. Are you working with your bookkeeper? Are you working with your accountant? Are you meeting them regularly? Are you paying your taxes? All of these things. And that's why I take a holistic approach when I work with my women. People think they just come to me again for the funnels and I'll do that. But when like last week on my mastermind, someone was talking to me about how their husband brought up that he made a dig at her about she's going to be making more money than him soon. I said, but for him, it isn't. And so I said, hold on, we've got to address this elephant in the room because he obviously doesn't feel comfortable with you making more money. Why is that? And so what we found out was, is that remember your subconscious brain makes up 97% of our decisions and before our 3% part of our rational brain even do. But our subconscious brain, do you know what I mean? Typically is blocked from, I'm not enough. I don't belong and I don't feel safe. So for this particular husband, he felt unsafe 
that she would take over, do you know what I mean, the status of a man no longer providing for his family. And that's because he grew up from a family of farmers where the farmer, the husband, they're supposed to provide, they're supposed to produce, they're supposed to take care. And if she made more money than him, that role, that was no longer part of his identity. So that's an example of, I don't just work with women on, I help them with the launches. I help them with all of that. Another woman came to me and she's, she was in my, she's a rev share client of mine. And she said, oh, I said, how are you feeling today? And she said, oh, I'm not actually feeling really well. And I said, I've got to call you out. The last four times we've hopped on a call, because we, with my rev share clients, I meet with them weekly. Said over the last month, every time we hop on a call, you tell me your health's not right. So I said, I'm not here to talk about any funnels or team or anything today. I said, I'm here to talk to you about your health. I said, because until we address your health, I said, I'm only going to add to you perpetuating burnout and stress, burning your adrenals and everything else. I said, so what are you going to do? And she said, what do you think? And I said, do you need to speak with your GP to get bloods? Do you need to meet with that gut health specialist? Do you need to work with a hypnotherapist? What do you need to move you out of this slump? Because you should not be this unwell for the last month. Yeah. So yeah, does that make sense? So I don't just take like that. For in 2024, I want you to think about your strategy as, again, yes, your business side, yes, your wealth side, yes, your relationship side, and yes, your health, because you can't do business in isolation. Yeah, man, I, I think those are all so important. If you're not thinking about those for your as part of your business, like you, you kept bringing up your health, and I think that... It's so easy as moms, as entrepreneurs, as, to put ourselves last. Mm -hmm. And I say this a lot. I'd be my worst client. I treat myself like I'm the worst client. And that was one of the things I was. I made a conscious effort of shifting in 2023. I was like, gosh, why am I doing this to myself? I wouldn't treat my clients like this. Like I, I wouldn't let my clients talk to themselves like this. Mm -hmm. You have to treat yourself with that compassion. Mm -hmm. So I know if someone's sitting here and they're like, okay, what, where do I even begin you have a questionnaire, right? With 20 questions mm. that you can easily fill out to see where you're at with everything. Mm -hmm. 100%. What? So over on our website at AngelaHenderson.com.au, um, when you land there, there's going to be just like, this is Angela, this is what she does. And there's a big green button that will take you there. And what it is, we've identified four major components within a business. And it's about, it will take you about three to three and a half minutes, depending on how quickly you can answer 20 questions. And what I've specifically done is create this so that we can look at where the gaps are in your business and then where you're succeeding in business. So if it was me, I'd personally go there as a starting point because from there you can reverse engineer. All right, I'm really great on the marketing side of things, but my mindset is actually quite, we're in a slump. Okay, 2024, what am I going to do to address that? So yes, I would strongly encourage you to head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and take the business growth score. And podcast listeners, if you want to listen to another great podcast, be sure to check out Angela's show. Angela, go, you're on all the podcast players. The yeah, yeah, Angela 100%. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, Anderson, Anderson online podcast. Yeah, yeah Angela Anderson online business show. Absolutely. I love, again, if you love a good podcast such as Katie's, head over there. Yeah. You know, see some good content. Listen to our podcast that we did together. Yes. Yeah, and I think that with podcasts, it, you're going to get you know, a whole more wealth of knowledge, more than like what Angela is all about. Make, make the decision to, to go in intentionally and to make sure that everything is in alignment. For yourself and your family and your business and your life. Because if you're working yourself to death, why did you start this business in the first place? You you built this so that you could have something that fit your lifestyle and something that you were passionate about. And you shouldn't end up hating what it is that you do 
and just spinning your brain on how you can continue growing and doing all the things, sometimes it's taking that step back to see the full picture that's really going to move the needle for you and your business. Angela, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. I know we went a little bit long in today's episode, but you just had so many great tips to share. If people want to check out that more from you, check out your podcast, check out that questionnaire. We'll include everything in the show notes and be sure to check out my episode on the Angela Henderson online show where we dive into social media. But thank you again so much for joining me and and waking up early. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I hope you're leaving with valuable insights and the inspiration to lead your market. If you've enjoyed our time together and found today's podcast episode useful, I have a small favor to ask of you. Please hit that subscribe button to stay updated with the latest episodes. And if you know someone who could benefit from these episodes, maybe a fellow business leader or an aspiring entrepreneur, go ahead and share this episode with them. Let's spread the knowledge and grow together. Also, I'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation beyond the podcast. Visit me at katiebrinkley.com to connect, to find more resources, or just to share your journey. And be sure to pick up your copy of my new book, The Social Shift at katiebrinkley.com slash book. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Katie Brinkley, and I can't wait to dive into more strategies and stories with you on the next episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Let's keep on taking your marketing to new heights.